y'all. Welcome to Living Ardently. I'm your host, Adrian Giraldi. Welcome to episode 62, I think. Um, uh, today we are here with another testimony episode. Um, testimony time with a friend of mine um, coming to share her testimony. So really excited. Sorry in advance if you hear a bunch of noise in the back of this episode. There's apparently doing some pressure washing in our driveway and some lawn work. So if you hear that, apologies in advance. Hopefully it doesn't distract you from this awesome testimony that we'll be hearing in just a little bit. So yeah, let's get into it. So today's guest is a good friend of mine. She is six feet tall, one of my favorite tall friends ever. Um, she's a focused missionary um, at the University of South Alabama, formerly at Troy University, um, also in Alabama, and once got lost in the Istanbul airport and missed two flights and her parents thought she was kidnapped. Uh, please welcome my guest, Blair Harbinson. Hi. Uh, what a great story. <laughs> yeah, let's lead with that. So tell me a little bit about let us let us let us hear this story, how this happened. So my senior year of college, um, my parents decided that um, it would be a great family trip to go to Israel for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was absolutely incredible. Uh, but that's a different story. So on the way so over there. So they were there, right. <laughs> yeah, they were right about that part. But um, the flight to Istanbul from New York City is insanely long. I don't remember how long, but it was brutal. Um, so we land in Istanbul, and we knew that the next flight out to Tel Aviv was leaving in 20 minutes Wait, from the time we landed on the tarmac. Uh, it was cheapest. Oh, okay. Um, so you flew from yeah. Florida to there, and then? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Florida, New York, New York to Istanbul, Istanbul to Tel Aviv. So the next flight to Tel Aviv was leaving in like 20 or 30 minutes, something like that. And um, my dad was like, the second that these bus doors open, I need you to run to the gate. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, yes, of course, Dad. I will do what you asked me to do. So I run to the gate. And I turn around, and no one's there. (laughs) I see the gate. Yeah, no, I lost my entire family. So I look at the gate, and I can see the plane just like, leaving <laughs> oh my god um so i'm like well where'd my family go so i go back the same way i came back where the buses were no one's there i go back up to the gate no one's there i go and check the flights realize the next flight to tel aviv is leaving in like 10 minutes i'm like that one's gonna be missed too um <laughs> so i'm just like walking back and forth in the airport and at this point it'd been like 45 minutes and i'm like okay i'm in istanbul alone i have no Mm -hmm. idea where my family is i know i'm supposed to be getting to israel so like i'll just take my own flight to israel um and yeah i didn't know how to go about that everyone i tried to talk to didn't speak english so like there is no way that i could get any help i was like am i gonna have to like convert to islam (laughs) (laughs) and move to istanbul like is this the next step (laughs) Uh, yeah it was it was was a long period of time then finally how old were you at this point 21, 22, 21. Okay, so you're in college already. Yeah, I'm an adult. Yeah, senior right. of college. I didn't know. I'm like, man, if, you almost, if I was lost in the, <laughs> in a different country at like a yeah, high school I age, like I would be crying. <laughs> <laughs> but then I hear, 
Blair Eugenia. And I was like, oh, no, I know who that is. And I turned around and my mom is red and livid. And my dad had clearly been like crying. <laughs> so it was like backwards of the usual. <laughs> we thought you got human trafficked or being sold by Somali pirates. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so they missed the- it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then oh. we caught the next flight out to Tel Aviv, and the rest was great. But that I still haven't lived that down. They bring it up every Christmas. <laughs> that is amazing. So I, I, I thought that they had gotten onto the plane, and you didn't. And I was like, wait, how did they get to the plane, and you didn't, if you were the one, like, like running <laughs> to get there? <laughs> well, so here's the catch. <laughs> Everyone else that got off that bus got ushered through security, because every time you land in a different country, you have to go through security again. Right. Um, I somehow found a back door and bypassed security and got to the gate. Oh, my God. So I kept <laughs> bypassing security every time I went back. And my family was waiting in security the entire time. Oh, my God. So um, talk about dangerous. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was just an open door with a stairwell. I was like, that makes sense. So I went up it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. So you cheated the system by accident, but it really didn't come to your advantage. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely be like an international prison still for that one, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't put this on the podcast. <laughs> Just for your sake. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so cool, though. That's an awesome lead, to, a story to lead into. Um, but to get the uh, guest and get you to know you a bit better, we're going to do a little rapid-fire question, if you're ready for that. Let's do it. All right, I'm going to see. Okay, so these rapid-fire questions are the questions, like, the set of questions I usually use for my rapid-fire questions because they're just so fun, and they always catch my guest off guard. So I'm going to see how many times I can get you to stutter. Okay. <laughs> Oh boy, go ahead. All right, here we go. Favorite holiday? Uh, <laughs> stutter number one. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Christmas. Uh, scale of one to ten, how good of a driver are you? <laughs> <laughs> Is negatives involved? I'm kidding. Are we talking confident or are we talking safe? reality <laughs> ah, probably like a, a four or five if I'm being honest that is hilarious alright fill in the blank Taylor Swift is the queen <laughs> last song you listened to uh, one of the songs on folklore probably <laughs> <laughs> um Name a nickname your parents used to call you. Um, uh, depends Istanbul. on if I'm in trouble or not. <laughs> Istanbul. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's Blair. Blair. Is invisibility a super a super strength? Is invisibility a super strength? No, invisibility or super super strength. <laughs> um. Invisibility? Um, say a word in Spanish. Hola. <laughs> Have you worn socks and sandals? Uh, of course. 
I'm a missionary. Of course I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's part of the dress code. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like if you don't, if you apply for focus and you don't have that in your wardrobe, you won't get accepted. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the prereqs. <laughs> right. You don't have a hydro class. I'm sorry you can't. <laughs> or an I'm sorry you can't be here. Uh, we think God's calling welcome. you somewhere else. <laughs> if Voldemort hugged you, would you accept it? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? Ew, no, that's disgusting. Especially right now. <laughs> yeah, keep your own to yourself. <laughs> uh, where would you want to live forever? Uh, Colorado. <laughs> Are reindeers real creatures? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <duh. laughs> What's the fastest speed you ever driven in a car? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting that on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> It's like two mile, 200 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I whipped Close. that Bugatti. <laughs> <laughs> I used the entire speedometer. It was all the way on the right. I don't know if that's okay. <laughs> it, it was broken. Uh, it was broken. Marvel or Star Wars? Star Wars. Oh. I knew I was going to get a response from you in that. (laughs) I like both, so, like, it's hard. Uh, Say good day, mate, in an Australian accent. Yeah. Good day, mate. (laughs) (laughs) That just sounded normal, I think. (laughs) Paper or plastic? Uh, Paper. It's biodegradable. Are rats cute? Are rats cute? Mice are cute. Rats are disgusting. How many cups of coffee do you need per day? None. What's your ideal outside temperature? Uh, like 65 to 72. Giving presents or getting presents? Um, I kind of hate both. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> um, yeah, that's like a long explanation that I can give, but I think I'd rather give. Mm. Are, you, are you like, what's your love languages? Uh, <laughs> not, gift like giving. <laughs> not gift giving. Not gift giving. So sure you ate both of them. <laughs> I like being affirmed. <laughs> Words of affirmation. Uh, um, what's what's the definition of chisca decaphobia? The fear of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's amazing. Oh, it's actually the fear of the number 13. Um, favorite <laughs> oh, carnival God. food. The only favorite reason why I know food? that is because I graduated in 2013 in high school. And oh, yeah. um, our shirt, there, there was a shirt that said Triska Decaphobia. And I was like, let's go. That's sick. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, a, and then we had, a, it was a cobra. It was, um, we are, our, our school mascot was a cobra. So oh. it was like Triska Decaphobia. And it's like just wrapped around that word. And I was just, it was a Oh, that's pretty picture. sick. Yeah, I was like, wow, like, okay, Park Vista, I see you. <laughs> Go off. <laughs> uh, climb a mountain or jump from a plane? You've done both. I have done both. Um, I support that. Am I supposed to pick one? Yeah, one or the other. Um, I'd rather climb a mountain than go skydiving again. I'll only go skydiving again if I'm asked to. 
Tiba-tiba gue skydiving. Let's go. <laughs> and so I, it's like Hamilton. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, how, how long can you hold your breath for? Uh, I don't know. Let's see. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ten seconds. <laughs> That's why she That's says it. no. <laughs> um, what sound does a seal make? Or or. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that sounds more like a pirate. That sounds like a choking pirate. Or or no r r r r or or r. I don't know. Oh, would you rather wake up to an air horn blowing in in your day in your ear every day, or wake up to have to run four miles every day? I'd much rather run four miles. What? Yes. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I would punch whoever's blowing an air horn in my ear. <laughs> you get used to that. You Just get like used you get to, used to your alarms. Too. I guess it's better for you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Milk. Polka dots or stripes? Mm-hmm. Stripes are cuter on outfits. Yeah, you're wearing stripes right now. It's getting oh, yeah. louder and louder out there, y'all. So I'm so sorry about the lawn work. It's, oh, I can you gotta hear, it hear now. that. You can hear I that. I can hear right? it now. Okay. <laughs> Ridiculous. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I can hear it. Yeah. Um, for journaling, paper or computer? Oh, paper. Last question. It's a very serious question. Would you rather come face to face with a hippopotamus or a giant cockroach? Both are in a bad mood. Ew. Um, hippos can kill you like no other, but I'd much rather die from a hippo than a cockroach. Right? Because <laughs> the cockroach starts flying, it's game over. I'm going to just go ahead and die. Oh. <laughs> Ew, and it's giant so you can see all its details. Ew. Well, one time I saw like two cockroaches, like, I guess they were mating. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> like, they were just like together and it looked like a two headed cockroach. So I like, was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, that's massive. <laughs> and I, like, I would have literally set that on fire. <laughs> I haven't stepped into that room again since I've seen it. I don't blame you. <laughs> Oh gosh, I am a bug. I have like a phobia to those kind of bugs. It's insane. A trisodacophobia or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, N13. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. All right, so okay, so that was our rapid fire question segment uh, to kind of introduce you to the people. But let's get a little bit deeper to knowing you more. So, how did we? Uh, actually, let's go back. Like, how did we meet? Do you remember how we met? I know we went, I mean, we went to Ave, but like, what about Ave Maria? When was it? Do you remember? I have a specific strange memory in my head of me sitting in the JP2 lobby and you barreling in and saying something very loudly. And then everyone like, Adrian, what's up? And I was like, uh, hi. (laughs) (laughs) The JP2 lobby. Actually, yeah, I studied in there all the time, and you would always come in, and I think that our friendship was just... Yeah, it was from the JP2 lobby. I think I also remember <laughs> you throwing fire or something at one point. Throwing fire? Did you fire? do that? Were you a fire juggler? 
No, I was the base of a fire juggler. They would use ah, my. They would jump on my shoulders. <laughs> and I was just like, please don't drop it. Please don't drop it. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Jordan were the bases, and I'm just like, oh my god, just don't drop it. Just anything you do, like you can just That's like close crack enough my to neck, the throwing fire anything. that you're counted. Right. Right. <laughs> We're really living up our Samoan like heritage. <laughs> Filipino. Your ancestors would be proud. <laughs> Islander heritage, rather. I'm I'm Filipino. <laughs> um so yeah, I I can't remember um like I was talking to a friend of uh, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours back in uh yesterday and I was trying to figure out like I can't really remember a lot of my first like initial meetings with people. Unless it was, like, a huge thing. And so, like, I feel uh, bad, but then there's some people who are just really good at, like, oh, yeah, like, I remember exactly when we met. It was this day on this time, and da-da-da-da, and you said this to me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't remember that. Um, but, okay, I'm glad that you don't remember well. I mean. Yeah, no, I, I think I got to know you because everyone knew you. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong, though. Um, not uh, wrong. It's, it's not hard to know everybody at Ave. You no, know? not at all. Especially if you're an extra, like, you will know everyone within a couple weeks. Right. Everyone thought I was running for something because I was friendly with everyone. I was like, no, I can't. I, I don't have the GPA to run for anything. I tried I tried to be an RA, and I didn't have the GPA for it. So not going for SGA Adrian or anything. Adrian Caraldi, student body president. Oh, my gosh. No. I I will leave that kindly to Mr. Akers, uh, President Akers, President Akers forever. Akers 2020, let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Write him in. <laughs> the country would benefit greatly. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so, um, what did you call? It? So that's what we went to college together. You graduated a couple years after me, and you yeah. decided to become a focus missionary. Um, and you're in your second year in, right? Sure am. Those so, are all true statements. All true statements. <laughs> they're, no, they're actually all false. Was my Troy University being in Alabama a true statement? Yeah, you got that right. Good, because I said that and I was like, wait, is it? <laughs> you, said, you said in Alabama? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um and you got a recently, like, uh, when I did an, uh, my podcast interview with a uh, Troy grad, um, mm-hmm. Megan Wells, you got a little shout out there because I thought you might have known each other, but she graduated the same year you did, I think. Yes. And um, you became a focus missionary after she had left. So Yeah, so we just missed each other. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Your, some of your students knew. The, the people that you made friend, you became friends with or your disciples. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the girls I discipled at Troy, uh, Katie Lively, shout out. Um, hey. She sent me your podcast with Megan on it and was like, oh my gosh, I about threw my phone when I heard your name. <laughs> <laughs> You're famous, Blair! <laughs> you tell her you just went to college together and that's it? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I promise you I'm nothing special. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so um, we do these things. We, we do these podcasts, this testimony uh, podcast, because like um, we, what Living Ardently has become is not just a topical based podcast where we talk about certain things, though next week we have a, t- uh, a podcast like that. Um, we become a um, podcast that shares stories 
of people. Um, and we, you know, I, I really started these because I wanted, I love sharing testimonies with others. I would, back at Ave, I would just go on friend dates and get, you know, just hear people's testimonies. I just love hearing how people, how God worked in people's lives. And so these, this was a way of like doing that and continuing that and recording these conversations um, because I think vulnerability, one, is huge. Um, as you guys might have heard in my one of the most recent Q&A podcast, I talked about my one of my favorite books, which is uh, C.S. Lewis's Four Loves, where he says to love it all is to be vulnerable. And um, that my senior years, when I f- first heard that, it was like, wow, like, yeah, it's so true. Because if you're like friends, we become friends with people. And we start sharing our hearts, and that's when we grow closer to them. And that's when a friend becomes like a, a best friend or a trusted friend, or like even you know, people will even call them family, you know. And so, the goal is to be able to do that um, here on the podcast to be able to help people become more vulnerable, be more comfortable with being vulnerable because it's not like really. I mean, it's sometimes hard to be vulnerable with people because of maybe wounds from your past. Or things like that. Or just never been vulnerable with somebody. So you would never know the difference. Right? So, so uh, yeah, that's why we do these testimonies. Um, we kind of, you know, we again, we just want to share uh, the lives of others. So that it might inspire you. And maybe it affect, and, you know, maybe it inspires you to continue on your journey. Or to continue a journey that maybe have been on pause for a while. So that's a hope, you know. And so maybe inspire you to become a bit more vulnerable with the people that love you. You know? So let's like just dive into it. Where where were you born and raised Catholic, Blair? Yes. Um, so my mom's whole family has been Catholic for like I don't know since ever. Um, mm-hmm. My dad converted to Catholicism when I was twelve. Um, so I grew oh, wow. up in a household that was uh, I don't want to say half Southern Baptist because he wasn't very much practicing, um, mm-hmm. and he'd go to mass with us pretty often. Um, but my mm-hmm. mom was Catholic. Um, mm. faith wasn't necessarily like a center of mm. our house. Um, sure. but my parents, uh, they definitely did their best and, um, they chose to send us all to Catholic school because, mm. um, my, uh, I don't know why I'm stuttering so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they chose to send us to Catholic school because, um, I grew up on the Mississippi Gulf coast and the mm. education system in Mississippi is, um, trash for lack of better words (laughs) so they knew that like the best way that we can get a good education is going to catholic school and uh it it definitely benefited all of us in the long run Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome so So, what 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 kind of caused your dad to really become catholic he uh he went on a mission trip with uh our our parish priest uh good old father mcgrath a good old irish man Mm -hmm. Um, yes. He uh, he asked my dad like, "Why aren't you Catholic?" And my dad's mm-hmm. response was, "I don't know." So then he asked my dad if he'd chaperoned this uh, mission trip for high schoolers, mm-hmm. and my dad was like, "Sure, why not?" So he drove the bus up to uh, North Mississippi mm-hmm. for the mission trip, and on that trip, I think that I think that that really planted the seed for him to go ahead and convert because he saw um, how important it is to kids to have a. Uh, both parents of the same faith mm. uh, so That's yeah awesome. he entered RCIA shortly thereafter and I remember when he entered the church um, yeah I remember that well didn't even That's know awesome. the gravity of it but I do remember it <laughs> That's so cool 
And how old you? You said you were, you were twelve when you, when yeah, you 12. converted. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the fact that you remember it, you know, like already speaks to the fact how important it is, you know, um, mm-hmm. to have like family that um, that it's not a split, you know, a split family, half Catholic, half not, or like you know whatever religion it's hard you know like if you yeah. somebody was a, like a christian in general or a jewish person like that's going to be really hard or like a muslim and a jewish person it's going to be mm-hmm. really hard to like I raise like the, the just the culture difference in it as well mm-hmm. so you know it's really like really i think it very impactful for a kid to see both parents practicing the same faith you know yeah uh-huh. yeah and i um i didn't realize how much it did affect me growing up, like, before he converted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, even when I was at Ave, like, taking my theology classes, mm-hmm. I remember, like, one of my professors would be like, oh, yeah, and, like, this is a Protestant teaching. And I'd be like, crap, like, I still have Protestant theology in my head that I've just thought is true, like, this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, a senior, and that was still happening. <laughs> that's awesome, though. Yeah. And that's yeah. A, I think that is a testament to us as Christian, like, our Christian, like, journey, right? It's, like, we're always going to be like learning new things and journeying through them and you know being with people through it all so i think that's just the awesome part of it all you know and so when um in your in your upbringing did you um what you call it did you really start to to be curious about the faith like um was it in middle school high school um, obviously, you had the op- the option to choose Ave or not Ave, but you chose Ave. Mm-hmm. So, when was this? Yeah. So, um, my freshman year of high school, uh, I had a phenomenal religion teacher. She had just graduated mm-hmm. from Franciscan University. Um, awesome. Very, very on fire, and she was the first person that I saw that was young and zealous for the faith. Mm-hmm. And she uh, she ended up becoming the basketball coach, and I played basketball. Um, what and position so, did like, you she, play? I, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Point guard. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> I was post. Um, yeah, but <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, yeah, so she uh, she had that extra opportunity to invest, like both in the classroom and outside, um, yeah. in me, and I didn't really like care about the faith at all yeah but as um as time went on like especially in the classroom I started realizing like the stuff that she was teaching it was it was um New Testament in light of the old so it was an Old Testament class hmm. um but it was sharing how each covenant is fulfilled in Christ Ooh, that's and cool. yeah it was phenomenal and for a high just, school like class that's awesome yeah as for freshmen yeah. For freshmen? That's For insane. Freshmen. That's so cool. Yeah, I was like, there's no way any person could have written this because this story's too intricate. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something about it that was just making my heart, like, catch on fire. Mm. So um, that really opened up the door. Then she invited uh, she invited all of us to go to Steubenville, Atlanta. But after practice one day, mm. she's like, Blair, I really think that you'd benefit if you went on this trip this summer. Uh, please like just consider it. So I ended up going, and that was mm-hmm. my first real encounter with the Lord in the Eucharist. Awesome. Um, well, I, I had one before that too, but I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but like at Steubenville, they really set it up well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, I'd say that that was like a transformative moment for me, and that was whenever I really decided to start at least trying to live out a life for Christ. Yeah. So that like 
desire. I th- that was, I wrote my thesis on conversion. So like, <laughs> I can get really <laughs> into awesome. like the technicals of it. Um, yeah. But I'd say that that was my intellectual conversion. Mm. Um, was my freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. But, and I started living out of that. And it, like, we moved to Florida uh, my sophomore year. And that um, I had a phenomenal high school youth minister that I still love with all my heart. And I look up to that woman more than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And she just continued investing in me, giving me leadership positions and stuff. Mm -hmm. But my senior year, um, a lot of stuff happened. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's um, I think that's, you know, like I want to speak on what you just said there a second ago about how that's your that was like your intellectual conversion kind of like the you would say then ex- describe that intellectual conversion to people who might not know what that means what you mean by that yeah so um basically the thesis of my thesis <laughs> is uh that every soul undergoes three conversions in mm-hmm. order to fully ascend um, mm-hmm. The first is the intellectual conversion. Normally, normally mm-hmm. speaking, this is generally how it goes. Mm-hmm. So an intellectual conversion is where the mind encounters Christ. My door just like randomly slammed shut. <laughs> I just like, I just, like, had a heart attack. <laughs> I heard that. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I thought the dog like fell off the, the bed or something. <laughs> so I was like, oh, <laughs> She's still there, but yeah, that, anyways, okay, yeah, so, the mind, um, the soul receives grace, um, special grace that acts on it, Mm -hmm. and allows for the mind to open up to the truth, and the truth transforms it, and Mm -hmm. properly reorders it, Mm -hmm. so the mind, the, the intellect begins to desire what is true, Mm -hmm. and begins to seek truth, Mm -hmm. then the second one would be the conversion of the will, where the mm-hmm. um, the will <laughs> I, I can't think of another word for it right now. The will, uh, okay. yeah. yeah. Well, the, the heart, the yeah. heart of man encounters mm-hmm. God in such a profound way that the desires, uh, the appetites, the appetites. That there you go. The appetites mm-hmm. of the soul begin to um, they they become re- reordered properly. So that then the will and the intellect begin to act k- together. And the person mm. becomes properly ordered. Um, uh, still, of course, fallen, still prone to sin, well, but um, the the intellect and the will begin to act together properly and um, mm-hmm. get on the right track for a conversion to happen. Um, the third yeah. is sacramental, but that's meh. Yeah. Not man, what? but we- <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's I think it's so true because in our in our like in our ministry here at my church, we are really like, you know, diving into the whole idea of small groups because um and making count an encounter night, monthly encounter nights. Because like that's mm-hmm. the, the, the initial conversion, like, right, is like meeting Christ, period. You know, like mm-hmm. you can have um, even if you want to go into the whole Cheryl Waddell's book, um, Informing Intentional Disciples, um, if you haven't read that in your ministry. I think I have it like right here. Yeah, it's like mine is like right somewhere right here up in this shelf of books here. Um, but in that book, she like goes through the cycle of like there's an initial conversion. I mean, initial like basically moment where somebody meets somebody who is Christian, who is Catholic, right? And that's the first thing, like, oh, this, like, 
a, a pleasant encounter with a Catholic. So like Blair meeting one of the students at at a university, you know, and that's say that person had never met another Catholic before that. And Blair was the first one. And then later on in life, um, meaning Blair is not the one who's going to bring her to Christ. But then later on, this person meets another Catholic after she like he or she graduates um, and then like has this like, oh, like and is invited to go to mass or to something to adoration that changes their life and like, oh, there must be something here. And that is what you're kind of calling the initial like the uh, the um, intellectual um, conversion. And I think that's uh, something that we are trying to offer for our kids. Like, you know, how many times do we offer that besides our once a year retreat to Steubenville, Florida, right? Or like a camp, but like we're not even doing those right now. So how can we give that to not just our teens, but our parishioners? Because there's like a, a statistic, I forget the study or where it's from, but my um, my um, DRE was like sharing with it, uh, sharing with it, sharing it with us to um, our catechist and said, you know, like 90, 90 some percent of the people who are in the pews on Sundays have not had that initial conversion, that that meeting have not met Christ. And to really be a good Christian, right, we need to have met him <laughs> in, in uh-huh. some personal way. Um and so I think that's why Steubenville, for a lot of us, is our initial moment is because it gives us that um, because our parishers are not really offering that. And so that's something we're trying to change to kind of make that uh, impactful um, experience within our church and then build on that in our growth and in our small groups. And so um, that's why when you hear a lot of testimonies, you hear these testimonies often. If you listen to these uh, regularly, you hear that most of these testimonies, unless it's a convert, um, it comes their moment of conversion really comes from a like, oh, like they're, a lot of them were born and raised Catholic. But then there was some retreat that they went to that was like, oh, wow, there's like God is real. Right. Um, and so there's it's like basically that simple formula. Then they started to live a life of Christ. Um, simple formula. But it's something that is different in every way from every person, you know. Um, like for some people, it might be the talk. Some people might be adoration. For some people, you know, it might be the music. And so having these kind of nights are, is so important. Um, um, for not just for retreats, but for your parish in general, wherever you work, um, if you work in ministry. So providing that... In, in your mission or your ministry, I think is huge if you really want to change lives and souls. Um, and I think that's why retreats like that work so well and are so famous and well attended, you know. Um, but yeah, I know I just wanted to speak on that because it's so huge <laughs> um, <laughs> and relevant to my life. Um, yeah, and you as a high school youth minister, heck yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So then, um, so then that's when you started to really make your faith your own. Um, what did that feel like? Uh, did you like, what was it? Did you, the lifestyle change? Was it like a huge change or was it just kind of like a soft, like, um, Hey, like I'm just going to go to confession more or something like that. How was that? Yeah. At that age, um, I mean, I hadn't really had an opportunity to do too much (laughs) (laughs) to make it like a dramatic change. Um, but the big thing is I just started taking a lot of leadership roles um, mm. So I just like really stepped into a leadership position. I re- um, started going to daily mass before school. Um, so 7 oh, a.m. mass awesome. and then I'd go 
Yeah, um, but the big thing was I was like, I needed a friend to run with, and I needed community, and mm -hmm. I felt like everyone else like went to youth group, like all they did was like complain about it, or like you know, like it just, yeah, it wasn't. Um, we were we were in different playing fields basically. Right. So I just started praying a lot for a friend that I could run with, and then after about a year and a half, no, it was exactly a year. Um, I met my best friend at Steubenville, Atlanta, who was from the same town, just went to a different high school and a different church. Yeah. Um, and she's still my best friend to this day. But, um, That's so awesome. yeah, like the biggest thing that I needed was community. Yeah. And like, thank God he sent Jasmine for that. That's awesome. Yeah. And and the um, the best part about, um, uh, I mean, the, the most real part about Christianity is I mean, just being a person in general, right? I think we're seeing it now with COVID. We're not, we can't do anything alone, right? Like, like so even introverts are going crazy. Like, I can't <laughs> take it anymore. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's because we are being so secluded because we are, and we're it's bothering us because we are uh, made for communion. Mm -hmm. And... And that's something that's just innate in us. And so even in the spiritual journey, uh, getting closer to our faith, it's so important to have mm -hmm. people with you to hold you accountable, to keep you mm -hmm. consistent. Because otherwise, you're not going to get very far on your own will. Yeah, right? that's why Jesus sent the disciples out in pairs. Uh, when mm -hmm. he sent them out to evangelize, he sent them out in pairs because they needed that running buddy. Um, they needed... Yeah, they needed um, another to share the mission with. Like we, we can't, we can't do anything alone because, um, mm -hmm. of course, we need the Lord. But um, yeah, we're not made for isolation. You're so right. We're we're, we're relational beings. Mm -hmm. That's great. And so you guys get to do that with focus too, right? You guys mm -hmm. work in teams of four usually, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, generally mm -hmm. four. Um, sometimes more, depending on the university's need. That's awesome. Uh, and then, like, sometimes there's a there's couples that get are married and are in the same like like team, and they count as one. Is that how that usually works? It depends. Um, some couples are hired. Uh, married missionaries are getting rarer and rarer, but mm -hmm. um, some couples one person is hired and the other is just a affiliate. Mm -hmm. um, so they they could they can choose to be to do full time mission. Mm -hmm. um, as an affiliate or they, um, you know, are not affiliated at all and they just have their own job and, you know, live mm -hmm. their own life. Mm -hmm. Then there are other couples where both are full-time missionaries. Both were hired individually, um, went through mm -hmm. the interview process and then, yeah, got onboarded. Right. Uh, so it just depends for married staff. Yeah. I think though, what you said earlier, I think is the main reason why focus works so well is because you guys breathe that um, community into mm -hmm. into my, what may an exist like an existing community, or you create one wherever you go, mm -hmm. um, wherever the missionaries are taken, and it's a beautiful thing to see. And you know, it was people always question why Ave had focused missionaries um, because it's a Catholic school. Why would you need Catholic missionaries there? Da, 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 da. It's just such a different way of uh, ministering there than it is at a secular university you know mm -hmm. um but it's still necessary mm -hmm. 
Because, I mean, even at Ave, just being a student, you can just be stuck in complacency there. Um, yeah, yeah. Like any Catholic university. But, like, speaking to your experience, did you get the, did you experience that a little bit at all ever there? Yeah, so that actually uh, leads perfectly into part two of my story. <laughs> right. So we'll get into that after this break. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> If you ever wanted to start a podcast, today is the day. Go to anchor.fm to get started. It's a, They have a free app on the App Store, and it has all the creation tools you need that allows you to record, edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. This app and your cell phone is literally the only thing you need to start a podcast. Use a microphone on your phone, record a voice memo, upload it to Anchor, and that's it. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on spotify apple Podcasts, and many more uh, you can make money off of your podcast with no minimum listenership and like i said everything you need to make a podcast is in one place on the anchor app so go to anchor.fm to get started or download the free anchor app in your app store again anchor.fm to get started or download the free anchor app in your store and we hope that you join the podcast world let's go all right, we're back with Blair Harbison. <laughs> it's like we literally didn't take a break. <laughs> so we just said we would. So but you guys heard a, a commercial and everything, but wow, we didn't. <laughs> so it's just really funny. So uh, Blair, again, is a focus missionary at the University of South Alabama, a friend of mine who was sharing her testimony today. And uh, that's kind of what the where we left off in the last segment, uh, last half of the the last the first half of the podcast um and so i'm just gonna let you pick it up for where you left off i said what was the question i how did i pose it oh did you feel like uh ever you know at catholic universities you kind of can get into this place of like complacency um just because it's you know your faith is all around you so like if if my faith and school are the same thing what's my faith alone you know what does it look like and so sometimes you can just be very complacent at a, at a, as a beautiful, as beautiful as Catholic University is, it can sometimes cause you to stagnate. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. the word. So yeah, yeah. Want to speak on that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, before getting into that, yeah. So like I mentioned, my senior year was, of high school was rough, um, to say yeah. the least. A friend yeah. of mine passed away unexpectedly and, uh-huh. um, I realized I had never shared the gospel with him, even mm-hmm. though we were good friends. And, um, I, I knew that like he'd never encountered it in his life and Mm. it was because I was scared to, um, so that kind of hit me hard. And then right around that same time, my mom got really sick Mm. and instead of turning to the Lord, I decided to run every other direction. Mm. Um, and my best friend that I mentioned earlier, she had already graduated and had gone on to school, um, elsewhere. So, um, yeah, I was kind of alone, didn't really turn in anyone and just kind of turned in and started acting out, um, yeah. made a lot of really bad decisions, um, all that I learned from, but, um, you know, sometimes you just wish they had been avoided. Right. <laughs> right. So I went on to, uh, I had already committed to Ave that previous August and, mm. um, went on to Ave got there and just decided, um, since everyone seemed perfect, everyone seemed like they had never really like struggled with anything, uh, done anything wrong. And they just like, you know, love the Lord and levitate in prayer. Uh, <laughs> I like just decided that I was going to fake <laughs> being this, 
uh, mm. perfect Catholic as well because, like, mm. you know, I want to fit in, want to make good friends. Mm. Um, so I went through my first semester just, like, really faking it and getting as busy as possible. Yeah. So I didn't have time to sit in silence and pray through where I was actually at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then that um, that lasted for about a semester. Uh, I was making good friends, but um, not really letting anyone in my heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, because, you know, like Adrian said, vulnerability. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that January went to the March for Life. I was... Um, in my attempts of being as busy as possible, I was um, one of the two directors for it. And I went to the cafeteria that night, uh, like three days before we left, and sat down, and this woman sits next to me. And mm-hmm. I was like, who are you? And she's like, oh, I'm a focus missionary. And I was like, you're a what? Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> so she like explained to me what they did, and I was like, oh, cool, I haven't met any of y'all. Uh, well, you... and." Um, like, and I was like, how long have you been here? She's like, I just got to campus like three weeks ago. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, perfect. So like, you're brand new. You need to meet students. I need a chaperone. Will you go on the March for Life in three days? And she's like, uh, sure. So <laughs> um, over the course of that trip, her and I just really hit it off and became like naturally really, really good friends. Mm-hmm. And by, when we got back, I just felt the Holy Spirit put on my heart to share with her my story. Um, everything that had gone on that senior year that I just hadn't processed all, um, and just like be vulnerable. And I was like, no, man, I don't want to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, you need to. So I texted her. <laughs> we met up and I did it. And I like cried like a baby because mm. it's the first person I've shared it with. Wow. Um, and she was like, uh, she was like, you know, I can't say that I've been through something similar, but like I get it. And then she shared her story and I was like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up in discipleship after that. And, Mm -hmm. like, focus was just what I encountered through focus and through, like, the the method of discipleship was authentic Mm -hmm. friendship that uh, bled into every aspect of life. And it was a relationship with Jesus that wasn't just um, it wasn't just in the head. It wasn't just for appearance. um, It wasn't just for leadership roles. But it was something that, like, it was it was literally like prayer became the like for like my understanding of it was actually that prayer is the breathing of the soul. Like, it is mm. something that is so necessary and mm. so central. And, like, that relationship with Jesus is vital to living. Like, to literally living. Um, so, yeah, it transformed my life. And, um, but I don't, I guess that answered your question of, like, complacency. Like, yeah, I yeah. definitely, I, faith became a lot of how I was viewed and not um, what was actually going on in my heart. Yeah. That's so awesome on. because, um do you want to leave her nameless or do you want to like, is it okay if we name this missionary? Yeah. Shout out Stephanie Tudor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's, she was uh, awesome because she had joined the team that was already established, I believe. Uh, well, also Louie, but um, they were just such an amazing working team in my opinion. And I thought very highly of the focus missionary team before them. And, and, like I, I mean, I love, I had love focus, and I never really became a dis, uh, a disciple. Like I didn't lead a, uh, a Bible study of my own because I had so much on my own plate. But um, I was very, I was like very close friends um, with them all. And I remember one time, like Steph and I went out to just, you know, I was doing one of those, like I said, one on friend date with, uh, with her, and just kind of her testimonies. And that was something that kind of started in college, like I said, and. Um, 
and yeah, it, it was just such a beautiful thing to be able to, to be a part of, you know, to hear. Um, and I got to do that with most of the missionaries. Um, I think except for Anne, <laughs> um, <laughs> Anne and I, Anne and I, um, we related on our sarcasm rather than anything else. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, so I I think that, I mean, you know, we talk a lot about, we've been talking a lot about a focus, but focus has again, like does this uh, friendship and vulnerability thing so well, you know? And I think, again, I think friendship is the, the, the whole heart of it. Um, And so, I mean, I just hold on. I'm just kind of still processing what you said of prayer is the breathing of the soul because that is like amazing. <laughs> um, really great to see. Um, yeah. So then, would you say that that was probably the the, the time where your faith was tested the most? Uh, most. Um. Yeah, yeah. That senior year of high school, going into first semester of college, and. Um, then senior year of college is also a very rough time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I like, I have kind of come to the conclusion that the test is only as hard as we make it. Mm-hmm. Explain. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Okay. Um, so <laughs> it does. basically, um, yeah, I, I ha- like looking back every single time that I feel as though my faith is genuinely being tested um, or like I'm really struggling, it's because I'm refusing to allow Jesus to do his thing. Um, I'm trying mm-hmm. to do it myself. I, mm-hmm. out of pride, I am like, you know, like, Lord, like, like I got this. Uh, let me carry this. Like, I'm going to prove myself to you. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that probably comes from my sports background. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like the, for me, definitely the hardest times in my life have been whenever I'm trying to carry the cross by myself. Mm-hmm. Like even Jesus didn't carry his cross by himself all the way to Calvary. Right. Um, which goes back to the like the importance of community, the importance of, of Christ-centered friends, mm-hmm. um, the importance of sharing your heart with others and letting them carry that cross with you. Right. And letting so, Jesus ultimately carry, like, the cross. Yeah, right, yeah. The end yeah. goal of the, yeah. is that. Um, do you, would you say then your um, relationship that you gained with uh, with Stephanie, the, the missionary that you shared your heart with, um, mm-hmm. would you say is what softened your heart um, into letting... Uh, Letting let, letting you to be comfortable with vulnerability or slash like letting Christ just really um, take a hold of uh, take part of in your life. Yeah. Um, like, would you say that it's a more, pivotal moment in that? Yes. Yeah, I would say that like my friendship with Stephanie changed my life more than anything um, because not only was it the vulnerability that was there, um, and mm-hmm. like of course the friendship, mm-hmm. but it was the first time I was able to see someone who is living a life fully for Christ and like see every aspect of that life. Mm -hmm. Um, like see how her relationship with Jesus transformed every single interaction, uh, like for her, Mm -hmm. everything she did, like 
she strived to make the end goal of it be heaven. Everything, mm-hmm. like, I'm mean, even like brushing her teeth, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> every little thing was um, for something greater. Like, it was definitely, yeah, yeah it, it was the first time I saw someone living like that. Um, and funny. it made me desire that because, like, she was so cool, too. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'd say, I'd say that, and experiencing true vulnerability, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really funny that you mentioned the dental stuff because I remember uh, Louie, one of the team the team members, stuff. would do uh, uh, flossing, um, uh, communal, communal flossing is what he called it. And so <laughs> you wouldn't floss each repulsive. other's teeth. <laughs> you you got, didn't or you did? I didn't. You wouldn't floss oh, each okay. other's teeth, but you would you would just floss each floss together. Like... <laughs> Like you guys would that just talk and That is the weirdest floss. thing I've ever heard in my I life. know. It was, we were on, we were in Colorado for a mission trip in, De- for, in Denver with the Christ in the City missionaries. Um, oh, I love uh, Christ my, in the City. Spring of my senior year at Ave. And uh, yeah, it was like my first mission trip with Focus. Um, and it was a, a freaking blast. But then like him and uh, Caleb Schleter, I think is his last name. Selector, Selector came out mm-hmm. and was flossing they were flossing each other's teeth and he's like you ever just like get sad because you're flossing your teeth and can't talk to anybody and i was like louie i never think of that <laughs> and that was just the comedy bit of it and he was just like um you know flossing his teeth and talking to caleb <laughs> so i was like you should hear here's some floss that's like, the most <laughs> extroverted thing i've ever heard in my life do you ever get sad because you can't talk to people while you're flossing your teeth <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a right and that's again I, um, just a testament to how awesome they are no matter how ridiculous they can be <laughs> but can you share the gospel while flossing your teeth <laughs> oh hey five minute testimony while flossing go <laughs> what's your elevated pitch while you're flossing your teeth let's hear it <laughs> um, that's awesome so okay so going back to your um the impact of Steph, um, Steph's friendship with you while at Ave, you started discipling. Um, did that change how you, um, you said that you had made friends at Ave and they were good friends, but like had, had that, had that, that friendship, that uh, mentorship, that kind of, uh, you know, relationship that you guys had, that changed how you've, uh, you know, treated, you know, your friends, your family, like did mm-hmm. that, effect, was that affected as well? Yeah, it completely transformed the way that I viewed friendship. Mm-hmm. at every level like I realized that many of the friends uh many of the like the way I was approaching friendship uh was almost something that never went beyond just like friendships of pleasure friendships of convenience whatever mm-hmm. um but whenever I when I first experienced like just the concept of discipleship um and authentic friendship and the way that focus presents it it helped me um, begin to approach friendships with, with the mindset of how can we run to like heaven together. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like I and I understood that like that's why my friendship with Jasmine in high school was so uh, transformative and so much deeper than any of my other friendships. It was because I viewed right. that with the same eternal mindset. Right. Um, so yeah, like the the girls that I worked with um, in Bible study. 
the girls that I was uh, leading a discipleship um, and being led in discipleship, like while I was being led in discipleship at the same time, um, those Bible study friendships, uh, the uh, girl I discipled, um, those were the friendships that like I still carry today um, mm-hmm. on a like super deep level. And like, like especially Megan, um, like she's like, without a doubt, one of my absolute dearest friends. And we don't have to talk every day um, to know that that love is still there. And like when we do catch up, like it's automatically right back to where it was because um, Jesus was the center of it. And like the Bible study uh, that I started, I had a couple, but the Bible study that I started my senior year, it was all freshmen. And those Mm -hmm. freshmen, I graduated and went on. Uh, they banded together. Those became like their closest friends. And then they invited more freshmen into it that following year because they wanted those girls to have the same experience that they had. And, like it's still going nice. on now. That's so um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible what just a Jesus centered friendship can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and like always, always wanting to share, share your heart, but also like help build others up in the faith, like with the mm-hmm. concrete stuff. And, like, with the end goal of this friendship being to bring others in to a relationship with Jesus. Right. Yeah. And that, I think that is something that we as a church need to adapt um, to be able to really minister. I mean, like, like mission work is amazing and it's necessary and, and, and for many good reasons. But that same thing needs to happen within our parishes. Right. Mm-hmm. And the parish can't just be a hub for sacraments and um, and these it's for adults. It needs to be a place where you can find similar community that you can get um, with a focused missionary. You know, what I mean, like in that mm-hmm. that would transform our church mm-hmm. completely or anything like anything, our world, not just the church. Like if we were to were able to implement the focus like like formula into our churches or into the world, can you imagine how much of a better like better world it would be? Right? Like obviously yeah. it's not. There's still going to be crooked people and and crooked things that would make it hard and and stuff like that. But but if there was such thing as like true genuine friendship, I don't think trends like like um about you know no new friends or like da 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 keeping your circle tight would ever be a thing you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i, I think yeah, that and- yeah you can keep your circle tight with still being able to evangelize to people you know mm-hmm. um and that's the goal of lifelong mission is ultimately for the students we work with to go into the parishes and transform their parishes the same way they transform their college campuses right like that's that's yeah it would it would literally transform the church if um yeah, it would transform the church. Right. Like right. you just and said. And that's it, why I, that I'm such a big fan of focus. Um, I applied to be a focus missionary. And, um, for those of you who don't know, I might have shared this on the podcast before. I might not have. But I applied to be a focus missionary uh, because in my senior year, I kind of like, I was, I was all the way feel like called, I felt like I was called to do youth ministry since I was in college. But like there was this nagging feeling that maybe I should apply, especially because I mean, Nick and and Louis were like, "You need to apply," and like, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, fine," um, and I did, and I got invited to do the in person interview, but like they called me a week later after I got back from Philly, they said they'd call us back in two weeks, 
and they called me a week earlier. And I was like, oh, okay. So I answered that, and they said, like, you know, Adrian, we think you'd be an amazing missionary, but um, we think you're called to youth ministry, and we want you to pursue that. And, like, that year, <laughs> they were, like, low on men. And so, like, they were, like, and, like, after that, they were still, like, promoting, like, hey, it's not too late to apply to be a focused missionary, like, super late into, like, close to the summer. I was like, then why'd you deny me? But I was like, that, you know, them denying me in the midst of that gained my respect um, even more so. Like, I already had so much respect for Focus and their model and what they do, what they were doing um, and how they were, like, training their missionaries and really, like, really, like, in everything, you know. Um, the NST is huge. Um, it's, it's just huge because I remember, like, going to parts of those because I was helping... AV when they were still having it at Ave and I would overhear some of the things like man this is huge and like um, so high respect already but then even more so that they're you know really praying about those who applied and not just taking anybody who's like remotely close to the Lord <laughs> you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um, last thing here I want to um, uh, ask you through is there what are things right now that know you know as we you know as we go through our journey we're constantly learning growing hurt like uh healing from our wounds and stuff like that or blah 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 um what is something that you're still working through right now or learning about yourself Um, geez everything (laughs) (laughs) uh big plug for spiritual direction it's like the greatest Mm -hmm. gift uh in the church and everyone should have a spiritual director but, um, yeah, lately, like within the past few days, the biggest thing that I've been praying with is um, deeper trust, but hold on, pause. I need to grab my journal because I, like, don't know how to word this. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what I've been praying with lately is um, what it means to, like, actually love God. Mm. Um, what it means to actually, like, desire him. Because... This is going to sound kind of bad, but I don't know how else to put it. Um, Do it. I've been, like, kind of annoyed lately with how... Well, this is going to sound really bad. Okay, so it seems like as soon as anyone, like, encounters the Lord, like, all they ever do... Like, they just desire Him, like, Mm -hmm. more and more deeply. Or they, like, they desire to pray or um, they... Mm -hmm. Like, even the saints, like, they just have, like, this overwhelming, like, burning desire. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible always talks about like longing for the Lord and this and that or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I know it's not about feelings, but mm-hmm. like, I, trust me, I know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been like feeling almost like frustrated with the fact that I don't desire to do those things. Like, there's no, like, it, in me, like, mm-hmm. I have to, like, make myself go pray. I have to make myself do this, make myself do that. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, do I, like, not love Jesus? <laughs> right. Um, because, like, you know, like, when you're in love with someone, like, you desire to spend time with them. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, crap. Um, so that's been, like, the biggest thing that I've been praying with and praying through um, is for, like, for my soul to thirst for Jesus in the way that he thirsts for me on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's huge. And I have, like, kind of been feeling like a little bit of a turd because mm-hmm. I don't have that in me, but it's also given me, like, I've been able to go a lot deeper in my heart because of it. 
Um, mm -hmm. And I, in the Magnificat, like, three or four days ago. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it was a week ago. But it, <laughs> yeah. it, it has this little excerpt from Mother Teresa's prayer. Um, mm. And, like, talk about someone that loves the Lord. Oh, my gosh. Um, she's my girly. Like, <laughs> um, in our living room here, there's, like, three different pictures of Mother Teresa. Um, and in my room... In my room, I have, like, five books right behind me of, like, about her. <laughs> <laughs> I can see her in the bind saint. of one of them. Yeah, there she is. She's my confirmation <laughs> saint. Um, I even have oh. a Mother Teresa tattoo. Not of, like, her face. Right. That'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that right on your, like, bicep. It's Mother Teresa. Like, She's like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad it's not her face. <laughs> Just like a little wrinkly face. Anyways, okay. Uh, not that I'm insulting mother's wrinkles. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so in this like Magnificat um, reflection passage thing, that's a word for it. Mm -hmm. um, it talks about like it's, it's just mother's writing and she's like basically praying like, Lord, even though I don't burn for you inside i know i still love you because i'm choosing to anyway like that's basically what it says mm -hmm. um and i mm -hmm. was like well frick i guess i'm in good company then yeah. so it's true yeah yeah that's where i'm at presently but um it's it's the best thing about my job is yeah. seeing the fruits of prayer like yeah so like profoundly and in like real time um yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, we plant plenty of seeds that we'll never see the fruits for. But, mm -hmm. like, the tiny mm -hmm. little wins, like, a person agreeing to come to Bible study that's, like, I don't want to be involved with the Catholic Center, that's weird. Mm -hmm. um, getting, like, getting involved with it, like, getting in on a sports team um, that, like, I'm scared to death of. Mm -hmm. um, getting a text from a student that I've been reaching out to for, like, six months that just ghosts me constantly. Like, those mm -hmm. little wins, it's just, like, it's seeing the fruits of prayer and, like, watching Jesus transform lives slowly but surely, right. so. Right. Yeah. And I think it, I think you, like, a many, you're in, like again, you're, not, you're in good company because I feel, I mean, obviously Mother Teresa, but I also feel like it, it. a lot of us who work for the church in some capacity, whether missionary or actually working at a parish, um, like, shall go through that. Like, separating mm -hmm. their own personal prayer um, and their work. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because like I was just talking to some people about this and I, I'll talk. We kind of talk about it in um, next week's episode, which was recorded before this one. Um, <laughs> she we talked, you know, we talked about like how, you know, sometimes like for me as a youth minister, like I, I'll go put it right now out there right now. I don't have a consistent prayer life. I don't mm -hmm. have every day at, for 20 minutes. I'm praying. Like, mm -hmm. there's none of that in my life. It's like, I have free time now, I'm going to pray. And mm -hmm. that maybe happens a few times a week, if I'm lucky. You know, and that's the base of it. Do I go to Mass every weekend? Yes. Do I go to ma a daily Mass throughout the week? Yes. Like, but do I put outside of that into my own prayer life? Do I always? No. Mm -hmm. um, do I feel away from the Lord? Also no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Because he's also very part of my life and everything that I do. Um, and not to say that I've mastered, like, you know, having letting him be a part of everything that I do because mm -hmm. I'm the perfect Catholic. I, I'm, I don't. I don't have yeah, that, you know. 
but because you see the fruits of what you do and you and you know like you know that you know where your heart is you know that you do love him even though like i'm not spending every waking moment with him um yeah like in a way that's very intentional as i as i as i hope Desire. to you know yeah right? exactly so um yeah um, but I think it, I think there's a lot of us who struggle kind of like that, you know, in, in different yeah. ways. Yeah. And I, right now I'm reading the book, The Soul of the Apostolate, which, holy crap, everyone needs to read that book. It is the best book oh. ever written. It'll transform your life and wreck you. <laughs> what is the name of it? The Soul of the Apostolate. And um, the premise of the entire book is that... Um, the interior life should become before all else. Our mm-hmm. our prayer life, um, our contemplation, our time with God, needs mm-hmm. to have first precedence um, before any external exterior works can even right. happen. Um, mm-hmm. Because all work that we do comes from God, and mm-hmm. if we place exterior works before our prayer life, then mm-hmm. um, we quickly become prideful because we we try mm-hmm. to make our exterior works come right. from ourselves and not Him. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's such a process to get into that. And I think that that is like something that anyone that's in ministry, uh, struggles with and struggles to, like you said, it is, right. um, it's a process, but like remembering who the source of all the grace right. is, right. is, yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's the move. That's the kicker there. And yeah. so know if you are struggling through something like that too, you're not alone in it and it's okay. But as long as you mean like the, our, our Lord knows our hearts. Mm-hmm. He knows where it's oriented to. And he knows when it's, you know as well as if it's oriented to the right thing or not. Um, and if it's not, then, you know, like there needs to be some sort of change. And, even, and I mean, obviously there's always room for growth. So always look for how you can get better. Um, and, you know, when it comes to vulnerability, um, it's great to be vulnerable with people. But first and foremost, you have to, before you can even do that, you have to be able to be vulnerable with yourself, be mm-hmm. vulnerable with the Lord. Like, Lord, I like if I tell my teens all the time, if you don't believe in the Lord, like go to prayer and be like, God, I don't believe in you. <laughs> like, just be real. Yeah. You yeah. know, be as vulnerable and real as you can, because there's no there's no reason to sugarcoat or plaster anything. You know what I mean? Like, just because we work for the church doesn't mean we haven't done some heinous things. Doesn't mm-hmm. means we haven't done things that you're we're ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a whole laundry list of things that, like, I don't promote. I I would never I, like I would never wish out upon anybody to do, but it had happened and I had learned from it. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and and again, like I think that just goes back. You're not defined by your sins or your mistakes or you know your failings. You're defined as the beloved son and daughter of God that you are. Um, and you know, you should know that first and foremost, because if you understand that, if you start to know that the desire to, to want to know your father, um, kind of overtakes you, you know, Mm -hmm. letting him be part of everything. And so, yeah. And in the words of Sarah Swafford, we're striving not perfect. You're right. Yeah. I have her thing. Like her stickers literally on my laptop here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it says, oh, surrender. Uh, it's, it's one of the, one of her other uh, stickers, but my, it says, uh, the emotional virtue.com, Sarah Swafford. 
Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take, take care of everything. This is the surrender novena by Father Delino Rutulio. Ah, good old Father Delino Rutulio. Is that what you saying? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is he famous? I don't know him. <laughs> I don't know him. <laughs> That's a really good quote. Um, but yeah, so what is, uh, lastly, what is your advice to those people who might have been, su- who might suffer, might be suffering through something like this or something similar to what you grew up with? Um, yeah, daily mental silent prayer is crucial. Mm-hmm. That's like the biggest thing is just like, yeah, daily, daily mental silent prayer mm-hmm. um, is, is necessary. Um, and just continuing to turn to the Lord and rely on him, um, and getting a spiritual director. That, that's all I got. Yeah. 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 And it's huge. Like, I haven't seen my spiritual director in like, um, since March. Yeah. Same. I mean, I've yeah. seen him. He's like, he's, he's a, a, a retired priest at our parish, but he's in the vulnerable population. And Aww. so we're not allowed to like have one-on-one meetings with him right now um yeah so like i can't really do spiritual direction with him but he's now off on campus like we normally do but he recently just offered me last week uh, a time slot that i can do on my days off and uh, go to him so i'm super excited about that and Honestly, you you don't you won't re- I mean it's not okay, it's not therapy. So if you need to go to therapy, do therapy too. <laughs> but spiritual direction is also do just both. so good. <laughs> both and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, spiritual direction is just super helpful to help you orient where where um you know God's trying to call you to. Mm-hmm. Um to go deeper. And and it's really cool because apparently I'm not close to Mama Mary at all <laughs> or something. I mean, even though I feel like I'm so close to my mom, uh, to our mom, um, father, uh, father Ray keeps on telling me like, it, like for since like probably like June of last year to like March of like this year when we were still doing spiritual director, like one of the things he always ended with our spiritual direction sessions with is like, get close to the blessed mother and it just like i thought i did and i like do it again i get closer and then like i was like closer and i'm like what <laughs> i was so confused and like kills you but it's all good because it's it like, no, it pushes you he's like no you're not hearing me closer <laughs> and he's like come here come here <laughs> anyway, so definitely do that. Um, sold the apostle apostolate by who? I have no idea. It's something European. Something uh, you'll Euro- you'll know European. it when you see it. <laughs> I'll link it, like, the link the um, Amazon link to buy it on the yes. description below. So um, yeah, that's great. Heck yeah! Thanks for being cool. vulnerable, Blair. Thanks for asking me to be vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. What a gift. I think that's literally how I asked you, right? It's like, hey, you want to be, what, share, you want to be vulnerable and share your testimony on my podcast? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what you texted me. <laughs> I was like, that's uh, sh- sure? Question sure. mark? <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Well, I thank you. And I, I want to, I just uh, also want to affirm you in like all that you have done with your missionary, uh, with the people you've been um, discipling um over at troy and then even when you're at ave um 
like I think you came in my senior year, so like we only got one year fully mm-hmm. together, but I like, mm-hmm. visited a lot, and I remember after I graduated, and then when I came back, I saw like such like just a de- like not a completely different person, but there was just so much like you carried yourself so much differently your second year when I when I saw you again, and I was like, wow, there's something about Blair, and it's obvious to me now what had happened in your life. Um, to to cause that kind of change in demeanor, it wasn't like a huge change because you were still Blair, but like there was some something about you, the way you carried yourself that came, that kind of had that kind of seemed to be you seemed to be much more confident in where you were and what you were doing, and obviously that is just reflective of what was happening in your life. So, thanks, Adrian. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that you were sharing that with, you were able to share that with <laughs> because now I understand, and so thank you. Yeah, cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's to like, do. How do I take this? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Th- thanks. Like I said, words of affirmation. I love them, but yeah. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> know how to respond? <laughs> Truthfully, though, and also that v- uh, Blair, um, I'm part of. Um, Blair's mission team, if you want to support Blair as a focused missionary, how can they do that? That would be a gift. Um, my, I'll give Adrian my email address. It's blair.harbison at focus.org. And if you're interested, please reach out to me and I'd love to give you a phone call. She's doing awesome things and she's, I'm part of her team and contributing. Um, and she shared like this awesome video of all of those that she got to work with over at Troy. And I like was at the gym listening to it and like tearing up. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> so some much. Of the, some of the some of the the um, testimonies that they had shared on those videos. So great job. Uh, keep doing work for the kingdom. Thank you for all that you do. And again, if you are interested in helping and supporting, the link, uh, the email, you can email Blair at that um, email account in the description below. If you're watching on YouTube, it's under her like right now. So like. Oh gosh. support 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 um it's always important to support those who uh mission who are on mission because uh, missionaries are such a gift to the church and super necessary and hopefully we learn to be like them in our day-to-day lives and be missionaries in our home own homes in our own churches because it's necessary uh, to have that missionary heart so thanks for being a missionary blair Thanks, Adrian, for supporting me. <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> Literally try. <laughs> Literally try. <laughs> All right, y'all. If you want to follow Living Ardently, you can follow us at Living Ardently Podcast, uh, Living Ardently on Instagram, and then you can follow me at It's Only Adrian personally. Blair, are you on Instagram anymore? I deleted all my social media. <laughs> so Blair is not longer on social media, <laughs> but you can still support her on uh, via email <laughs> send me an email <laughs> send me an email at blair.harbison at focus.org i just got like dive bombed by a fly but yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> i was wondering like did something splatter on you like that was really gross um at first join my support team and i'll get an exterminator in my room I said, I thought there was, I thought I saw, I was like, oh yeah, I saw that fly. I was about to say that, but then I realized <laughs> like that I fly saw, I saw was goodbye. in my room. <laughs> there's one in mine too. Um, but yeah. Okay, y'all. Thanks again. Make sure you like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Um, 
go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Really helpful. Subscribe anywhere else that you're listening. There's the fly that's dive bombing me now. <laughs> <laughs> he just flew right over. <laughs> yeah, he just flew right over through the camera. <laughs> He's like bilocating. <laughs> what a holy fly. <laughs> I know, right? Holy smokes. Anyway, uh, God bless y'all. Thanks again for listening. Stay tuned for next week's um episode with Jarrell and Haida uh, Jarrell from The Living Person and Haida from Reliquary Supply where we uh, do a topical based podcast for the fifth Monday of the month which we usually we don't plan for but this is an awesome opportunity to kind of um, you know work on this collab together so yeah check that out and uh, stay tuned for some really cool news later this week if you're listening to this the week of this releasing um, if you're re- listening to this like later in 2020 i hope 2020 is great but (laughs) the rest of 2020 is turning out all right but uh yeah god bless you guys uh stay tuned to our web uh, instagram account for some awesome news coming up soon otherwise i think that's it anything any last words blair nope nope (laughs) (laughs) just one nope (laughs) god bless y'all God, that thing goes off. I don't, I don't know what to do with myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> Blair, it's just a recording. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. God bless you guys. And until next week. Keep living ardently. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Take four. <laughs> God bless y'all. Peace.